0: They are going to become
1: more brutal. Because all the hippies were trying to be Indians anyway. They're going to become more repressive because it's a matter of dollars and their illusionary concepts of power.
2: Hey, Victor.
0: We must live in balance with the earth.
1: And also with recent happenings at wounded me. I am awake.
0: Welcome to Native Roots Radio Presents. I'm awake and I'm your host, Wakunjahadeh. Hey, Kataki, to all my friends and relatives in four directions, you are listening to Native Ritz Radio presents I'm Awake, and I'm your host, Robert Pilot. We discuss local and national Native news and events, and as you know, Haley, Native issues are human issues, and human issues are Native issues.
3: You're absolutely right, Diego. This portion of the show is supported by the Minnesota Indian Women's Sexual Assault Coalition.
0: Hey, we've got a jam-packed show today. We got Wendy talking about our sacred animals and also Rory up, uh, who we're about to have on here. But first, before we get uh, with Rory, we got a, a, I'm really excited. This will be the, like the second time the, the governor has been on our show. Wendy, the Lieutenant Governor, or the Governor of Wisconsin. Not uh, our governor here in Minnesota, but our governor uh, in Wisconsin has reached out because, as you all know, we're on Civic Media Network at night here, and we uh, play a lot of Wisconsin things, when.
4: Mm-hmm. Yeah, let's uh, take a listen to the governor of Wisconsin. Oh, wow. Uh.
1: Hey there folks, Governor Tony Evers here. This week I signed key portions of our bipartisan compromise on shared revenue to provide historic increases in state support for our local communities and make historic investments in our kids and K-12 schools. Shared revenue is one of the most significant sources of funding provided by the state to local governments. With shared revenue being held stagnant for the last decade, Local partners in every corner of our state have been forced to make impossible decisions about what essential services to fund. Having to choose between paying for first responders, addressing PFAS, fixing the roads, and other critical priorities that affect the health, safety, and well-being of Wisconsinites everywhere. For far too long, our local communities have been forced to do more with less. Our local partners should have the resources they need to meet basic and unique needs alike. Period. That's why our bipartisan compromise includes at least a 20% increase in support to most municipalities statewide. Additionally, I'm proud that our bipartisan compromise will not only mean historic increases in support for our local communities, but historic investments in our kids and schools across Wisconsin, too. I secured $1 billion in spendable revenue for our K-12 schools and education, which means we're finally going to get our schools much needed resources that can be used for our kids and our classrooms across Wisconsin, including $30 million for school-based mental health support and $50 million to help improve literacy and reading outcomes for our kids statewide. Folks, this is great news for our kids, our families and our communities. This is a win for Wisconsin. To me, increasing shared revenue has always been about doing the right thing. I'm proud of this bipartisan effort, and as we continue our work on the state budget, we'll keep working to build on this historic accomplishment to keep doing the right thing for our state. Thanks for listening. Back to you, Robert, and Native Roots Radio.
0: Wow, Wendy, that's exciting to have uh, the governor of Wisconsin stop in and uh, give us a quick update.
1: Yeah, I'm glad
4: he was able to secure that money for education. I think it's so important. Last night we were watching the news and they were saying, was it seventh graders that were failing and not doing well? They were really uh, lower in reading scores and math scores. Uh, They said it was like... Um, as if it was like 1970, and that's, <laughs> that's how bad they were.
0: And you know how bad that was. That's when we went to high school when in, <laughs> in the 70s. So, <laughs> so <laughs> it's back to back to that. Well, I think <laughs>
4: the kids are really needing to catch up, and COVID really put a you know a knife into everything that they had to do. So, you
0: know, it sure did. Hey, we have Rory wake him up, and uh, Rory, uh, you are a doer here in the community, and thank you. Uh, you're on mute right now, but thank you so much. For being on and stopping in, Rory. Uh, really love to hear what you have to say today. You're an artist, you're an entrepreneur, an all around great guy. Thanks for stopping in and let's talk about some of those things you're working on.
5: me for having me on. Um, I thought it was going to be radio, I didn't know there'd be video. I mean, I used to have a good face for radio till now. <laughs> 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 uh, uh, I'm like it's, a deer in the headlights.
0: Yeah. <laughs> no it's it's um, most yeah. it's mostly radio uh we we got a you oh. know three four hundred watching us but we got uh about two hundred thousand people now watching listening to us on radio so it's mostly radio
5: cool cool indigenous badabbin nindu de makwa. i'm enrolled in the boys fort band of the minnesota chippewa tribe uh, i just say i'm a net leaker. uh born in saint paul raised uh, mostly in minneapolis up till eighth grade and then we moved to the lower sioux reservation so my my dad that raised me for most of my youth was dakota mm-hmm.
0: um
5: so kind of an eclectic range of indigenous native minnesota um, <laughs> so yeah my my native roots are here and the irish side uh migrated over and has been here and five Generation since they, they migrated straight to Minnesota, uh, the earlier Cavanaists. Um And then, yeah, got got my undergrad at the Institute of American Indian Arts and Associates and, and Bachelors, and then my MFA at UW-Madison. And, the, and then I've been working with community arts projects and arts engagement to, what I say, bedazzle our community events and marches and and social and environmental justice actions and all around rabble rouser and self-employed artist About yes,
0: you are. you're you're the person to call whenever there's uh a, a big event and that we need uh art and you know you've done that at the capitol for years uh people know you mm-hmm. from all over the state and i'm sure in wisconsin too where we have uh uh, 18 other ch- stations are listening to us in Wisconsin. Um, n- you're known and you're known as the go-to guy. And I just have to say, you know, this last MMIW day in May, you did an unbelievable uh, job at the Capitol and in, in years past too. So I just have to give you a, Hey, uh, big peeny gigi for that. Yeah. me glitch, Yeah. The national MMIW day
5: on May 5th. Um, it's timed right for the, the policy and financial bienniums in the state government there. So it's nice to be able to do some um, site-specific um, art installations on the Capitol lawn to help promote, um, you know, MUSAC and MIWRC and all, all the women's orgs and organizations that work with the systemic issues of every day that that kind of surround our missing and murdered indigenous relatives. So, yeah, yeah, it's a real honor, you know, growing. And now I I mean, it went from uh, well, you know, teepees, you know, there was a need in the community for teepees. Um, and then I've learned kind as an artist, taught myself um, how to make them with my um, some of my community helpers. Lisa, Lisa, Lisa Lee Polkovic, Sorry, I always say her name room, but I've been working with her for years. Um, but she is definitely a staple in a lot of this community artwork, and same with a, a lot of local artists. I don't, I don't do any of this alone. It's definitely um, a, a team effort. I'm just lucky enough to be, um, I guess the my the leader. Okay. Or- yeah, yeah, I guess the organizer of it all kind of the rabble right. rouser. I like it. yeah, it's fun Definitely. Um, But yeah today, I'm super excited. Um, oh the, Oh, what? Okay. We have one minute. Sorry. Oh to talk about the four sisters farmers market, which I'm that's what I'm here to do and then, and then the uh, Initial video thing says I'm the Amher director. I'm no longer the director that Angela two stars is Um, But I am working with um, NACD now for uh, the Four Sisters Farmers Market and Dream of Wild Health is there. If you haven't heard of them, look them up. Um, And yeah, I'm sorry. I thought we we had uh, about 10 more minutes, but we will. Uh, We got
0: to take a quick uh, commercial break, Rory, and then we'll come back with you.
5: Oh great, cool! I thought I missed the boat.
0: (laughs) No, no, you didn't. The boat's coming back after a a few short uh, messages. You're listening to Native Roots Radio presents. I'm awake, and we'll be right back after this short message.
4: Stay with us.
6: When we heal from our traumas,
7: when we face our fears
6: let go of our addictions.
7: When we relearn our values.
6: When we live our teachings.
7: Respecting our elders.
6: Cherishing and honoring our children.
2: When we honor and take care of our spirit.
6: There will be be no room left for sexual
2: violence. Sponsored by the Minnesota Indian Women's Sexual Assault Coalition.
0: Hey this is Robert Pilot. I taught in St. Paul Public Schools for over 25 years and I want you to join the team and make a difference in our children's future. Right now St. Paul Public Schools is offering hiring and retention bonuses up to $10,000 for a variety of teaching and classroom support positions for the next school year. Grow in a supportive and fulfilling public school setting. Limited bonuses are available so don't delay. Apply at spps.org slash careers.
2: Your Blue Line extension project wants to hear from you. We are working on extending the Blue Line light rail into North Minneapolis, Robbinsdale. Crystal and Brooklyn Park and connecting it to our growing transit system. Tell us about your neighborhood, your business, your family, and what you need from Your Blue Line. Learn more and share more of your story at yourblueline.org. That's yourblueline.org.
5: You're listening to Native Roots Radio. This is Spirit from Reservation
2: Dogs. Get up and listen.
0: Welcome back to Native Roots Radio Presents. I'm awake and this is Robert Pilot.
3: This portion of the show is supported by the Native American Community Development Institute, Minneapolis.
0: Yes, it is. And we re- really appreciate their support over the years. And hey, we're here with Rory Wakeham Up. And Rory, uh, I know you got a lot to say about the avenue and what's happening now. So I'm going to give you uh, the microphone, so to speak, and then let us know what's happening in the avenue. Because we usually have Robert Lilligren on Thursdays and he talks about what's going on. But you're a great substitute for Robert. So let's hear it, Rory. Yeah, those
5: those are uh, big Huge shoes to fill. Robert is is has done amazing work in community in both politics and community organizing through the years. So I am honored to be able to walk around with his big old shoes for a little bit on the radio. <laughs> um, but yeah, so speaking of, well, I mean, I'm excited about the new Indian Center that's being um, renovated right now. That's been a long time coming. So I really want to publicly... Thank Mary Lagarde for her her determination on that and, and getting all that done. It was a lot of hard work, nothing easy. Um, but, yeah, I guess I want to focus on the for food sovereignty most of all. Uh, it's been mm-hmm. kind of my um, not even a hidden passion. It's just tough to it's been tough um, given all the systemic issues we've been paddling in our, our neighborhood. Um. You know, with our missing and murdered, and our you know the the uh, unsheltered, and, and um, just the 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 overdose uh, epidemic, and then you know the pandemic. Um, so now, post everything. You know, everyone's regrouping and turnover, and everything's starting to settle. So I really wanna. I'm really honored to be given the chance to showcase food sovereignty and my, mm-hmm. my love for, you know, healthy food. Um, the, so I guess first, before I get into the farmer's market, um, I'm doing a public art sculpture with the city now, and I'm, I'm working through the prototype phase now after the designs and the engineers uh, signed off. But it's going to be a three-sister sculpture, corn, squash, wow. and bean, on a really huge scale on 10th and Hennepin. Um, probably next year, might be this year, but just there's so many delays with COVID and shipping and everything still happening. Um, but then that gives me more time to rabble rouse and 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 help build um community support and education for the piece. So when it unveils, I'll have more of a library to 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 talk about um when it comes to um, efforts like the Four Sisters Farmers Market and grow and food sovereignty, um, as we live in in a healthy food desert in South yeah. Minneapolis, and healthy food is really not affordable and accessible. Um, mm-hmm. And I and I don't know if there's the program now where you can use SNAP um and food benefit government benefits to get fresh food but pre-pandemic there was that program so um i'm just getting back on my feet and i'm i've, I've heard it's still a thing uh John yeah. wild health has been working on um mm-hmm. but though but those kind of details I'm, I'm i'm really excited to get into um and then i was so the the farmers market is 11 to 4 p.m um mm-hmm. every thursday so get down there um and food, you know, I guess food is kind of like planting a tree. The best time to do it was plant one was 30 years ago. The next best time is now. So if you're not eating healthy now and, and if you're not part of this, I call it a, a food, like a sovereignty food sovereignty movement, you know, because uh, the the growers of the foods um, just they love what they do. And there's so much love and good energy put into the food um, and then the food's so healthy over time you know, we, we, you really feel that positive energy. Um, and my, the latest thing today, I, I was able to sit down with the Rendons, Marcy Rendon and uh, Simone Rendon We're at the market. And then Anna Rendon makes the honey from local bees. So if you didn't know, um, since they get the pollen locally for the honey, it helps you um, with your allergies. If because it has those built in, you know, it gets your body um, climatized to them, for lack of a better term. I'm not a scientist. Um, so I was excited to get some local honey. And then um, there's other honey byproduct, bee byproducts, wax, that can be used for for other things. Um, so if you're looking for that stuff, head to the market. And then also um, talk, speaking with uh, Simone, um, she harvests all all of our own berries and plant products, Mm -hmm. um, and produces them. And, and I, I want to, I kind of want to give, shed some light on like how, uh, food is a medicine and our medicines Mm -hmm. are all, I guess Western medicine is caught up to like, you know, like sage, for example, is a good example. Like, um, they, they found that, you know, the sage smoke is, is a, a good disinfectant, you know, Mm -hmm. And so that's a good way of explaining like, you know, uh, um, Simone's and other native foods and other natives, indigenous folks processing things. There's that literal element of like, you know, like sage disinfects. And then there's a spiritual element. Um, mm-hmm. But in the markets, we don't have to get into the spiritual element and you don't have to know that or or, or get into those ceremonies to unleash the spiritual side of it. And, mm-hmm. But still enjoy the... I guess the, the physical things like, like the, um, like in Willow, you know, there's, that's where aspirin came from, you know, so you can use the connect for, for that mm-hmm. cadmium layer of the Willow for aspirin, you know, without yeah. you know, going deep in
0: um, so Rory. Rory, uh, let's back up just a second too and let our people in Wisconsin and all over Turtle Island know where exactly are you talking about when it comes to the Indian Center here in Minneapolis on uh, Franklin Avenue and then also down the block where uh, Four Sisters is on Franklin Avenue also with the Pow Wow Grounds and uh, Natke and uh, the great gallery that you were uh, a big part of for many years
5: yeah the culture corridor on franklin avenue there um i think it technically starts from uh aioic at cedar and franklin goes mm-hmm. down franklin you know where the indian center there is on bloomington in franklin where Blo- bloomington kind of tees on franklin and then NACTI is just a block down um from bloomington and then across is like uh NAC, the native american community clinic and um so that little stretch of, of Franklin Avenue is is our culture corridor, and and um, yeah, there's also the Two Rivers Gallery that's usually up, but you know, given the Indian Center renovations, mm-hmm. um, and then yeah, the uh, AICDC, you know, and on all the great work goes he's done, you right. know, with um, getting property ownership and the native. Organizations, Native people, yeah, and helping with our unsheltered and getting the the shelters, um, and and yeah, yeah, help for
0: definitely. So, Roy, we got like a a minute left here. Give us your big pitch here. What's coming up next here, and what's coming up next for you? I mean, that's exciting. I didn't know you were doing this big sculpture in downtown Minneapolis. Uh, what is that sculpture gonna be? Is it brass or?
5: Yeah, it's gonna be a well stainless steel core and then aluminum outer and then um, glass and light. So corn, squash, wow. and bean, and kind of a twenty first century kind of looking. Uh, and it's to mem- monumentalize food rather than like all these tyrants in history that you know <laughs> are so narcissistic they they put themselves in bronze everywhere forever, like you know. Um, and it's kind of replaced that. And I guess in the metadata of it, the, the three sisters grow well, you know, the, the beans produce nitrogen, the corn grows the stalks, so the beans can grow higher, and then the, the squash has ground cover with the big leaves and the squash themselves, so the they stay mo- the, the water stays wet long, the moisture stays in the ground longer. Mm-hmm. So they grow stronger together. And that's kind of a metaphor on how we can learn from those plants to decolonize. You know, our different cultures in our neighborhood. Can grow fine on our own, but if we really grow together like the three sisters, we can grow to stronger and decolonize, you know. Mm-hmm. And I think food sovereignty, having a healthy food core, um, independent of fossil fuels needing to bring it in, I think is the first step in us truly collaborating. Because if you're in the dirt picking weed and, and gardening with your neighbors, I mean, that's for me the next best thing to do in an arts workshop and just doing fun art with folks functivism i call it fun or, or fun activism um but gardening and farming you know is is fun functivism fun activism so i'd really like to inspire folks to get your raised bed gardens going on figure out figure it out and just start doing it you know you might yeah. fail the first one or two years but you know, that's kind of you had know, some crops and some you might grow, you know, and that's just kind of the kind of the fun of it, you know.
0: Well, we've had fun here uh, with Rory. Wake him up, and Wendy. We have fun uh, with our bee garden out in front. It's like uh, three times as big as it was last year.
4: Yeah, well, we got rid of our whole front lawn and we put in all uh, native Minnesota uh, pollinator plants. So we get a lot of bees and butterflies and hummingbirds and all the good stuff out front, of, right in front of our house.
0: Rory, thanks for stopping in, man. I know you're busy. I know you have somewhere to be really soon, and I really appreciate you stopping in and give us an update. Really great information. And also, Pinigigi, congratulations on that art display that's coming up soon. Wow. Uh, that's that's exciting.
5: It's a big deal. I'm really excited about it. And then bring me back in late July before ceremony ceremonies or early August after I want to promote some racing and potentially um, – moose slash deer harvest um but i got to work the kinks out and figure it out but uh part of the healthy food sustainability because my my elders told me that you know it's great to fight the pipelines and all that stuff but if you're not practicing um your traditional harvest rights and traditional practices then you don't have any scaffold for what you're fighting for you know you know that's so that's the quick pitch on that so
0: right on Uh, and then Simone I
5: want to give a shameless self-promotion to or to to Simone Rendon she'll be on the show next promoting her stuff tune in for that to learn more about uh more
0: of this anyway hey have a great night hey you're listening to Native Roots Radio Presents I'm awake
4: stay with us
6: Twin Cities, this is Andy Otto, Executive Director of Twin Cities Pride. I'd like to personally invite you to this year's Pride Festival in Loring Park and the Sculpture Garden. We're proud to offer something for everyone, with more artists, over 50 food vendors, an expanded pet area, and new this year, an expanded senior space. We want our community seniors to make connections, so we've created a space just for them. With a huge tent, fans, cool water, and activities like bingo and yoga. We have displays from the LGBTQ walking history on site. We are hosting a free Saturday morning breakfast for seniors at 9 a.m., one hour before the park opens. We've also expanded our youth zone, which will feature arts and crafts, a performance stage, and a free clothing exchange program we're calling Rainbow Wardrobe. We're aiming to make 2023 the biggest, most inclusive festival yet. Mark your calendars, June 23rd through the 25th. Visit tcpride.org for more information, and I will see you there.
7: Connections Radio Show is all about tapping into our hardwired hunger to connect.
0: how do you reach out when you need someone what do you do to support those who struggle connections can bring comfort hope and joy find ways that work for yourself and others like sending a text sharing a moment offering a hug seeing an old friend creating space to listen visit cmentalhealth.org that's cmentalhealth.org cmentalhealth.org
6: Hi, Matt McNeil for Rudy Luther Toyota. You've heard me talk about the Rudy Luther Toyota We Buy program. Now
5: hear from someone who's actually done it, me. Our kid's car, the 2006 Toyota Sienna, served us well for 17 years, but it was finally time to say goodbye. The We Buy program is really simple. I gave them some basic information. We set up an appointment, and after a quick verification, they gave me an estimate and a check, and they made me a generous offer. It was that fast. See for yourself. Try the
0: Rudy Luther Toyota We Buy program at RudyLutherToyota.com.
6: With your AM950 weather, I'm Brett Johnson. Look for partly cloudy skies tonight with a low around 69, Friday sunny with a high near 90, and Saturday thunderstorms with a high around 83.
2: If you've been waiting to replace those appliances, don't miss Warner Stellion's lowest prices of the season. Score instant savings, then up to 10% off, and a bonus for each additional appliance you buy. Put us to the test at warnerstellion.com.
4: Hi, I'm Jane Fonda, and you're listening to Native Roots
3: Radio.
0: And we're back to Native Roots Radio presents I'm Awake, and this is Robert Pilot.
3: This portion of the show is supported by Minnesota 350, a grassroots organization fighting for climate justice.
0: Uh, yes, they do, and yes, they have. Hey, we're here with uh, Wendy Pilot, uh, and we're going to be talking about our sacred animals. And, uh, Wendy, thank you for stopping in. Uh Really great to hear from you. Uh, Wendy's been an animal advocate for many years. And again, as I say, every show that you're on, I I learn so much uh, from you. So take it away. Wendy.
4: Yeah, thanks a lot, Robert. Hey, everybody. My name is Hanaji Hihani. That means cares for them. I was given that name by my Dega Curtis. Curtis goes by Mashke Hanajingo, which means walks on white clouds. I'm a humane policy volunteer leader for the Humane Society of the United States, and I work on animal issues at the local and state level. And it's always my pleasure to do that. But today I'm going to be talking about a holiday that's coming up very soon, the 4th of July. So every year, year did you know Robert the 4th and Haley the 4th of July is the one day where most dogs go missing
0: I do know that because of the show.
4: Yeah, dogs- Why? Because they get scared and run? They get scared, yeah. People bring their dogs to the firework displays. Even the most well-behaved dog um, will get frightened from these fireworks and the noise and the lights and the crowds and they go, they jump. Then they run, and they get lost, and uh, the 4th of July is the day of the year where the most dogs go missing. So we're going to talk a little bit about fireworks, how to keep your dogs and your pets safe, and what happens to our, our wildlife with yeah. the fireworks. So. And
0: I always want to bring this up, too, our uh, Army vets, too. Yeah, yes, I'm going to bring them oh, up oh, also. Oh, yep, they are, the, they
4: are <laughs> on They are the one of the top
0: take it away
4: Wendy. <laughs> okay great so yeah i i'm not a big fan of fireworks i mean when i was a kid we would always you know as a family just go and watch the fireworks for the fourth of july and people would put you know have a lot of fireworks during new year's eve and you know all kinds of stuff even when we were at the twins baseball game uh, friday night every friday they put out they Put on a display of fireworks and people stay and watch. But I have to tell you, we didn't stay to listen to the fireworks. We left before they started. But as we were walking and we were going to the the ramp, I mean, those things are loud. I mean, they. Oh, in the ramp too. It was making jumpy. Yeah, very jumpy. I was just going to say that. Like, I really, it startled me a couple of times that I jumped. But here's just a few things uh, about fireworks um and bees become so disoriented during fireworks they don't go back to their hives Whoa. yeah so even the Whoa. bee yeah it, even the littlest uh, little uh bee is is affected by these fireworks birds have panic attacks at night causing mass deaths so they could get scared to death wild animals raising babies abandon their dens in fi- in fear so they're there with their den they're they're in the den with their babies and then they um they run away and then the it's just a domino effect you know Even fish and other animals perish after ingesting firework debris. It is really a big pollutant. Uh, Companion animals have anxiety and panic attacks and people, uh, humans have PTSD. Many of them are um, war vets and they, you know, the noise, I can't even imagine. I mean, when we watch the news at night and they show us the war, um, between Ukraine and r- Russia right. and it sounds that same boom and all those sci- you know all those missiles and everything it sounds exactly just like fireworks if you listen to it so I can't imagine how um, hard that is for, for veterans to hear
0: well Wendy too and I don't want to jump into your thunder because we've talked about this specifically over the years mm-hmm. and I know that some countries have uh, silent fireworks i don't know if you're going to talk about that was i did i take that oh no you're not
4: going to to take away the thunder but yes there. um it it is on my list here it's a little town in italy i can't remember the name of it i think it's on the list here i'll get it in a minute but they have silent fireworks so they have fireworks that they shoot off there's no um sound to them but people will tune into their radio so that they'll hear the music and the kind of the the fireworks go to the to music i think that's kind of cool you know Mm -hmm. um but there's a few things that we can do to help our pets and just help overall during the fireworks right you want to keep them as far away from the noise and the celebrations just keep them someplace where it's dark and safe and and you know so they're safe right? right um if you leave them alone really be careful um it's a really good idea to put the radio on put the tv on let them have other noise so they're not just hearing the fireworks so having the radio or uh
0: put ted lasso on
4: yeah put ted lasso on or any of the (laughs) streaming netflix or apple tv whatever you got just put something on and let them watch that um and let's see what else does it say here on the shelter yeah, so uh, during walks, ensure to keep your dog on a leash in this uh, during this period. Because really, even during the day, people shoot, sh- you know, shoot out yeah. uh, firecrackers and like those big cherry bombs. Am I
0: becoming an old curmudgeon? But I, I always am. thought that
4: I always thought that was at
0: night. Was they that... do,
4: but you know, during the daytime, you hear like the whistle of the firecrackers and I know you and do and this like that you know make sure you know your gates are locked in your yard keep your dog in the house the whole day i would say in the night really Um, this is a good time if your dog or cat gets upset during the fireworks. Now is the time to contact your vet, right? Not on July 3rd. Right. Right? Ask your doctor for a sedative or, you know, something to keep your dog or cat calm.
0: And that's a real thing.
4: Yes, it is. Don't give them any of your medication because a lot of medication that we take, uh, dogs and cats can't take. So don't do that. Right. Um, And I I would say stay home with your pet. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> all right. and just hang out with them so they don't have to to hear that you know but um, yeah so we want to make sure that 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 uh, is all taken care of and another thing is to like make sure your dog's collar is on securely make sure the tags Are have up the updated date. information since this is the you know time that most dogs go missing is Jeez. the 4th of July. So if they are microchipped, make sure that information on that microchip, tri- if your phone number or your address changed, make sure that's all updated. Um, yeah, I wouldn't even keep the dog outside or the cat outside. I'd bring them in, you know.
0: I, I think that's changed over the years, too. Mm-hmm. We've always, uh, as a family, when I was young, our dogs would come in and stay with us. Mm-hmm. And st- not always sleep with us like we let our dogs, Wendy, <laughs> uh, but um, there isn't like an outside dog anymore and there shouldn't be, unless they have air conditioning in their dog mm-hmm. house.
4: Yeah, I don't believe in any outdoor animals. They should all be in the house, so.
0: Well, not the blackbirds and the, raccoons that come by
4: yeah so there is a little uh, a town in italy is taking a big step to reduce the fear of fireworks in their non-human population the local government of Calicchio made the law that fireworks in their town must be silent it's a way of reducing the stress that the loud noises cause to animals, not just pets, but wildlife as well. There's a company called SETI Fireworks that make these silent explosives um, that you could customize for each event. So I think they're just sold in Italy. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I give that town a, a big applause. And this, I've been talking about them, for, so it's been, they've been doing it for quite a few years. Yeah. Um, but I did go on S- Snoops, is it Snopes, Snoops? Yep. So Snopes. Snoops. What is it, babe? Snopes. Snopes. So that's a fact-checking kind of uh, app that you could go on to make sure that the thing that you're looking at is true or not. So they do the the research to make sure. Um, So are silent fireworks real? Mm -hmm. So uh, according to Snopes, silent fireworks shows are a thing, Mm -hmm. but they don't employ a newly invented form of noise-suppressing, Pyrotechnics, I don't know what that means. Several cities have started to use silent fireworks in order to make the shows more enjoyable for children, Mm -hmm. pets and people with PTSD. I mean, when I see little kids at um, the fireworks, they have the their the headphones goggles. on, right? They yeah. had those big noise uh, reduction, reduction things, things on their heads. So. They don't go up like we are. <laughs> exactly, right? Jeez. I know, so a number of cities and organizations have staged relatively quiet fireworks displays. What's false? These fireworks shows are not entirely silent, and they typically don't include a large aerial explosions found in traditional shows or make use of some form of quiet decorative explosions. So that's Snopes is just saying that like the big giant displays that you see. Mm-hmm. Um usually always have noise bees, yeah you know. yeah
0: so it's a different thing exactly you know.
4: so yeah so just the wildlife alone i mean just reading about the bees that they get de- they get disoriented and they don't find their way back to the hive to me that's kind of sad like oh my gosh that is super see, sad i didn't know that, that before yeah yeah and then like even the birds like you see them just like scatter right from the trees like mm-hmm. when these explosions go off and birds can um, get so scared yeah. that they get scared to death and they actually die.
0: Well, you know, Wendy, uh, we only had like a minute left here, and we're going to drag you into another segment. Yeah. And uh, I just want to say this: is that I'm 62 now. Mm-hmm. I was only 61 just a month ago. I but, know,
4: but now you're really old. <laughs> that's right, in just one month.
0: But I never really even thought of these things in my 40s and mm-hmm. you know 30s, 20s, of course. But it's amazing. Um, that this is a thing, and mm-hmm. I totally understand and, and can comprehend that this is a thing and that needs to be talked about. So I really yeah. appreciate this.
4: I mean, I know that there's fireworks displays all over the place and people are going to go yeah. and you know, watch them and you know
0: protect your relatives. You're, yeah,
4: protect your relatives, make sure your dogs and cats and your animals, keep them in the house, keep them safe. Put some radios and Ted and, Lasso on. <laughs> and, and
0: vets, please, uh, you know, be safe, too. Yeah,
4: the, the military veterans are, I really, my heart just goes out to them.
0: Yeah, definitely. Hey, Peenie, Gigi, Wendy, uh, mm-hmm. you're going to get up next here and we're all going to howl. So mm-hmm. you're listening <laughs> to Native Roots Radio presents I'm Awake. And we're going to be right back, Wendy, after this short message.
4: Stay with us.
0: When it comes to mental health, connections with others can be a way forward. How do you reach out when you need someone? What do you do to support those who struggle? Whether you're struggling or know someone who struggles, see connections as comfort, hope, and joy. Like sending a text, sharing a moment, offering a hug, seeing an old friend, seeing your grandma. Together we can find ways to create a path forward. Visit cmentalhealth.org. Visit cmentalhealth.org.
2: Life is a journey, and the Doherty Family College at the University of St. Thomas will help you get where you want to go. Located in downtown Minneapolis, this affordable two-year college provides free textbooks, a laptop, meals, career coaches, and a Metro Transit pass, making DFC the perfect pathway to a bachelor's degree. Turn your dreams into reality at Doherty Family College at the University of St. Thomas. Apply today at dfc.com
4: j and Bean Factory is a Native-owned, community-supported, cozy, artsy coffee shop which offers roasted on-site beans, live music, and baked goods, relax in the beautiful outside patio. City Pages writes, voted top 10 coffee shops. Tucked into a quiet corner of St. Paul's Highland Park neighborhood, this coffee shop roasts beans on site from the best coffee growing countries in the world. Located at 1518 Randolph Avenue, St. Paul. The good stuff.
0: Welcome back to Native Roots Radio Presents. I'm awake and this is Robert Pilot.
3: This portion of the show is supported by Howling for Wolves, protecting wolves for future generations.
0: Hey, I want to introduce my awesome and beautiful wife for another segment here. We'll have to pay you a little more, and an extra check will be in uh, in the envelope.
4: Overtime.
0: <laughs> and we got some more uh, sacred animal here uh, portion here, and uh, I just want to uh, give our, our wolves and Howling for Wolves a quick shout out as, mm-hmm. we, as we proceed in this show, and I want to uh, say thanks to Rory and Haley and everybody, and of course, uh, the lieutenant, or the governor, I always want to say lieutenant governor, but he is the governor of Wisconsin, yes. uh, dropping in with an update.
4: Yes. It's awesome, babe. Thank you. Mm-hmm. I was reading about our loons. A loon? <laughs> <laughs> our state bird, the loon. I don't really know very much about them, so I wanted to learn more. But right now... Wait a
6: minute. <laughs> <laughs> okay, go
4: ahead. <laughs> That's an injured loon. <laughs> Sounds like an injured loon to me. Go ahead. you want to try it again?
0: I'm laughing at the same time. No, I can't it's do an it elderly loon <laughs> yeah,
4: elderly loon so loon chicks are hatching loon. loon chicks are hatching boat and jet ski strikes are a leading cause of chick and adult loon deaths what yeah of course it's us yes ski jet skis and boat strikes are the leading cause of chick and adult loon deaths. Jeez. So watch ahead and and give all the loons space. Because listen, loons will not um, try to dive out of the way when they're protecting their chicks, especially when they're on their backs in, in the water. Wow. So yeah, a loon that has a chick on their back is not gonna take off really right. fast because then the baby chick will die. So it'll do everything it can to protect the young um and it just get hit but i didn't really know that so yeah the other thing that we've read uh i talked about loons i'm going to try to just say this without reading it um but i remember it that the loon their feet are uh put back in their body a little bit more so um they don't really go on land oh. so they just go on land a little bit to make was a this, nest
0: was this a, a, a uh yes this fun was is a fun friday. fact friday maybe yeah
4: <laughs> Um, so if you see a loon walking around on the ground, they, they're they in trouble. You mm. need to get them off the ground and put them back in a large body of water because they need a large body of water to take off. They need to be on the water to take off and fly. Wow. Yeah, but they'll do their nests on the land, but like very, very close to the water. How
0: long so. do loons live?
4: I'm gonna tell you <laughs> because I have 15 interesting <laughs> yeah. and unusual loon facts. Wow. And and this is from Optics Mag. Uh, and it was uh, just last year it was updated. So uh, this is 15 loon facts. Let her rip. <laughs> Loons defend territories up to 200 acres. So they have wow. a yeah, really big, big uh, place. I can't um, imagine 200 acres in my mind, uh, but I would imagine it's pretty big. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like many <laughs> animals, cool. loons use calls and non-vocal communication to mark and defend their territories. It makes evo- evolutionary sense. Sound travels a great different a day di- a great distance especially over water letting other birds know a place is occupied helps avoid risky squabbles that could result in injuries or death these birds cover a lot of land which range from 60 to 200 acres so that's a big long uh robert you've been practicing (laughs) (laughs) chicks start calling when they're only one day old so they start calling when they're only one day old
0: what are they calling
4: They, they start with their little um vocalizations yeah an adult loon's wingspan is nearly five foot wide
0: that's your arms stretched out. Isn't that
4: unbelievable? And an adult I did not loon, know that. yeah, an adult loon is a sizable bird weighing in at over 13 pounds. Okay, so our Wanda, our little dog, is a little over nine pounds. So a loon is 13 pounds. It also has a massive wingspan of nearly five feet to get its large body off the ground. These birds need space to do it. That's why you'll, find, you'll typically find them on large large lakes with plenty of room to build up some speed for flight. They are as stealthy in the air as they are in the water. Loons aren't landlubbers. You'll notice several things about loons if you look at them closely. They have relatively narrow bodies that allow them to swim and fly so well. You'll also find their feet set back, further back on their hind legs or their hind ends. Um, it's good if you're diving for fish. It's not so useful for walking around on the land. The only times they venture out of the water are when they're mating or on a nest. So any other time they're in the water. So oh. they only come out to, to mate and, and sit on the nest, that's it. Hmm. Pairs will whale when separated. Oh. Yeah, so they'll cry for each other and
0: do they a prayer for uh, pr- well, are, are they together for life?
4: Um, it doesn't say it in this article. So I would have to look that up. I don't know. But they do miss each other and they will cry for each other.
0: Hmm, yeah, like me and you.
4: The oldest <laughs> The oldest loon was 29 years and 10 months old. What? Yeah, loons differ from many other species because of their longevity, uh, relatively long lifespan. Their average generation, Length is uh, 9.8 years, however, the oldest confirmed individual comes from banding data collected by the U.S. Geological Survey. Their records show a loon that was first caught in Michigan in 1989. It was located again on April 22, 2016, making it 29 years and 10 months old, and it was released alive. Yeah, the global loon population is six hundred forty thousand individuals. Wow, that's a lot of loons, I think, right? Lake lives, lake life, and <laughs> loons don't mix. Um, so if you go bird watching to find loons, you'll quickly find that they are flighty you'll at least likely have to spot them on a uh, lakes that are that don't have any humans and lakes that are really quiet and you have to go That's up. why we don't see them here. That's because we really don't see them because they don't want to hang out with us. Who could blame them? We really suck. I'm kind of nice. Mm.
0: <laughs> Did you just mm- me
4: Smaller loons, <laughs> smaller loons yodels have higher frequencies, so there's different sizes of the loons I couldn't tell whether that is a, That's a, big, yeah. one. That okay. a big one. Okay. So the males are nearly 30% larger than the females.
0: Of course they are.
4: Yeah. In this case, <laughs> they are. Yeah. What does that mean? Well, because the <laughs> eagles, the female is bigger, right? Eagles, females are bigger than the male eagles. So in this case, the, the male is bigger. Yeah.
0: Find us a good fun fact here before we make it like a tree and leaf. Mm.
4: Let's see. <laughs> well, the loon uh, is very important, and it became a Minnesota state bird in 1961.
0: What? You, who was born in 1961?
4: Robert was born in 1961. Yep. What a Minnesota coincidence. Minnesota made the common loon its state bird in 1961.
0: Well, Wendy, thank you so much. Let me just say, Pina we uh, oui, to you being on and talking about our sacred animals and also how important, you know, we should talk about this a lot here before the 4th uh, so people can catch catch that about the fireworks. But hey, if you're listening to the show, thanks uh, for Governor Evers for stopping in for uh, the state of Wisconsin and update and then also Rory and mm-hmm. Haley, peenigigi for all the work you do. We're still here. We are the 7th Generation.
4: Free Leonard Peltier. Now. Now.